We need brutality. <laughs> All you have to do is say yes, and I will mold you into the ultimate weapon. So, are you in or not? Holding, sir. Excellent. Welcome to Cobra Kai. Doesn't matter if you're a loser or a nerd or a freak. All that matters is that you become badass. Welcome to Cobra Kai Never Dies podcast, hosted by AC Cristales and Jose Barron. We're the podcast show that breaks down and shares insight gained from the hit Netflix series Cobra Kai. Are you ready? Yes, Then fall in. Welcome to Cobra Kai Never Dies podcast. What's going on, Jose? Nothing much, man. Just here getting ready for this winter weather we're about to get. <laughs> I know, man. People are freaking out here in the Dallas area, man. For those of you who are listening from other parts of the country, Jose and I, we reside in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And so the forecast is looking pretty, pretty, pretty grim for us. You know, it says that it's supposed to be seven degrees on Monday. So, uh, yeah, we're not used to that. Us Southern boys aren't used to that, man. But anyways, man, everything going good? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You know, just coming off a semi-okay Super Bowl. <laughs> you called it, though. You I called it, and yes, I did. called it, and I'm not going to spend so much time talking about that, but yeah, I called Tom Brady, and yet I still bet on the Chiefs. So, anyways, man, just, yeah, I don't even want to talk about that, man. <laughs> I, bet, okay, I bet on the Chiefs, coming, man. Right? I bet on the Chiefs, and even though I called it on here that... That Tom Brady was going to win, man. But yeah, yeah, baseball season, baby, baseball season. But anyways, man, let's go ahead and get to it. This is episode six, King Cobra from Cobra Kai season three. Give us the synopsis. Miguel helps uh, Johnny craft the perfect social media message. Kreese scouts new recruits while Daniel and Amanda try to shut down Cobra Kai. All right, brother. I like it. All right, brother. Go ahead and get us started with one of your favorite scenes. Of course. Let me go ahead and start with uh, the opening scene, Vietnam, 1968. Uh, they start off at uh, at this camp. You know, Chris receives a letter from Betsy. You know, he's uh, eager to read it. Then before you know it, uh, Ponytail and Twig, which are two of his fellow uh, soldiers, they give him a little bit of banter about how, hey, you know, she's smells american and how you know pretty much just like hey you know if she has friends or something like that but uh before you know it you know crease gets requested by one of the captains mm-hmm. and uh he goes to see him he's doing this kind of training on like this stick type figure i got kind of the like name something. bro i got the name i looked it oh, up what is i name? looked it up bro because i was thinking <laughs> you know yeah he's training on that wooden stand so the name yeah. the name is wing chun wooden dummy wing uh-huh. Chun Wooden Dummy. And let me just read real quick, man. It says, Wikipedia, that it's a popular <laughs> a popular legend says that the Wing Chun Wooden Dummy came about when 108 separate wooden dummies from the Shaolin Temple were combined into one to make training more efficient and effective. So the Wing Chun Wooden Dummy uses an arm and leg configuration and it's designed to cultivate fighting skill. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's great. I know, right? I, I no looked that idea. up. Yeah. And here's what's here's something else, bro. And I'm laughing because guess what? You can buy one on Amazon for four hundred and seventy nine dollars. So if you really, really oh want to bring, you really want to bring Cobra Kai to your crib, to your house, go to Amazon.com, 
uh, Google, well, you're not going to Google, I'm sorry, search Wing Chun with a dummy and you'll get to train with the same thing that Captain was training on. So there you go, bro. Because I, I, I was curious, bro. I was like, what the hell is that called? So there you go, man. <laughs> it's good to know, especially now that, you know, some of the gyms aren't even open yet. You know what I mean? So, hey, bring the gym to your house, right? Hell <laughs> yeah. Go. Wing Chun, baby. Wing Chun. <laughs> Wing Chun. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the Captain's training on the Wing Chun uh, dummy <laughs> and uh crease arrives and he starts giving him praise you must be crease yeah. well your ceo tells me you're a real go-getter volunteering to walk point joining ambush teams you got a death wish kid not wishing for it just not afraid of it is that right some people can't tell the difference yeah <laughs> have any idea how many men we have in this hell hole you know? Yeah. Probably half a million. Most of them don't make a damn bit of difference. But you, you can make a difference. That's why I'm here, sir. Mm -hmm. Defend my country. Be a hero. And he's like, hey, do you have a death wish or something? And uh, Chris is like, nope. Very calm, man. Very calm right there. Love he's it, like, nope. Now, yeah, not wishing for it just not afraid of it yeah hell and i yeah. was like like that yeah hell yeah absolutely and he's like some people can't tell the difference and then the captain says you know uh tells him he can make a difference and that you know crease is like that's why i'm here you know want to defend my country be a hero and he's basically selecting him for a special team that he's forming and he's going to teach him like guerrilla tactics demolition hand-to-hand -hand combat crease gets intrigued he's like what type of hand-to-hand -hand combat and um you know, he tells him it's uh, Tong Soo Do uh, and that he learned it under Master Kim Sung Young, okay. which is, you know, they mentioned that uh, in Karate Kid Part 3. I just now realized that. Oh, really? <laughs> Terry Silver. Yeah, Terry Silver <laughs> did that. And That's tight. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, um, uh, Captain Turner is telling him, you know, hey, we're going to need strength, determination and brutality. And I like how the directors kind of panned it to present time. And while he's saying these things, strength, determination, brutality, you see Crease kind of scouting. You know, he, he sees uh, Brooks lifting weights. Uh, <laughs> he sees some girl, which I can get him. I wish I would have. Yeah, I don't think they gave her rebounding. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they even rebounding box out. <laughs> yeah. You know, kind of like Rodman. <laughs> Rodman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, of course, the brutality. They see Kyler on the wrestling uh, team and just uh, like, yeah, slam his opponent's head on the ground. And, you know, at the end, he's like, are you in or out? And, uh, and of course, Chris says, yeah, I'm in all in, sir. So I just like the scene, man, you know, more backstory on Chris. Uh, we get an idea that apparently he learned, that's how he learned karate. Yeah. His Captain, Captain Turner, I think that's his name, um, was the one who actually taught him. They threw another misdirection at us. Yeah. I know you're going to say it. Cause yeah, yeah, for sure. Go ahead and go. Little character misdirection. Uh, I don't want to give too much cause we'll talk about it more in detail, but, yeah. uh, one of his fellow soldiers, um, they made it seem like one of them was silver. You know, he had long hair. Ponytail. They call him ponytail. Yeah, they yeah. had long hair. Did they call him ponytail? Because I just wrote that down. I, I never heard him say ponytail. Did they call him ponytail? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. one yeah. of them was ponytail and the other one was twig. twig. Yeah, and it was twig, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he even laughed like silver. So, okay, cool. He kind of looked like them too, you know? Too. Like he his kind of facial features. So, yeah, definitely. I thought that was silver as well till you know we get to a certain scene where we know it can't be silver man for sure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean totally threw us a curveball there. 
Yeah. But hey, that's another reason we love the show. No doubt. And then, of course, it flashes back till today because the captain was telling Priest that he's forming a special team to go into like North Vietnam. Yeah. While in present day, Priest is kind of recruiting and trying to form his own little team. Exactly. So I just like that little connection, man. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool, man. Um, I'm glad you pointed that out about Twig. I knew you were going to do that, man, because obviously, you know, we always connect stuff to, to part three. And, and Terry Silver is such a big part of part three, man. So, um, Love that. What else do I want to point out? A couple of things, man. And again, you know, you mentioned this, but I'm going to mention it again. I love the young crease. So for everybody listening again, this is this is flashing back to 1968. So when we're talking about crease, we're talking about young crease, you know, being in Vietnam. And so I love when the captain tells him that he can make a difference. And I noticed and I don't know if you noticed, but that made crease, you know, kind of stick out his chest a bit, man, because who, who wouldn't want to hear that? That they can make a difference, man. And I want you to remember that, okay? I want you to remember that part, make a difference, because I'm going to come back and end with that. And so who wouldn't want to hear that they can make a difference? I think inside of, of most of us, man, there's this desire to know that what we do makes a difference. So whether as a parent, you want to know, like, damn, you know, am I doing a good job as a dad? Am I doing a good job as a mom? As a leader, you want to know, hey, am I am I being effective, you know, you know, when, when I'm managing my troops or managing my my employees. So you want to know what you do makes a difference as an educator, as a person. We just want to know that we matter. So that's kind of one of those things. Like I said, man, this this podcast is a little different, man, because we're able to talk about, you know, Cobra Kai and the stuff that happens, but also, you know, provide some insight, man. So that's what I got from that, because if you think that's that's Crease's driving force throughout this whole episode, he's trying to find cats, kids, right? Not cats, kids um, that are going to make a difference in terms of how you know, they just kick ass basically because right, yeah. he knows that the, the the troops that he has right now, they're not going to cut it. Right. So I think, man, I, I love I love that, man, because, again, the whole point, whether you're loving these flashbacks or not of young crease, it's just to kind of give you a picture of how he became who he became. Right. We touched right. on this on nature versus nurture. Again, it's just to, hey, how did he get this mentality to recruit certain type of people? Well, we're seeing it right here, man. So love it, man. Love as well. You know, like I said, young crease, you know, sticks out his chest a bit, but he I mean he he has it. There's something in him that that just that just yeah. showed me that he's he driven. Has yeah, he's driven. There you go. Mission mission driven, baby. He's mission driven, driven, right? Man. You know, he's like, I want to defend my country. I want to be a hero. And so right there, bro, right there, he wants to be a hero. And so I love what uh, Captain said. You know, you want to defeat your enemy, you gotta to learn to fight like your enemy, man. So enemy, yeah. Captain was bringing it there too, man. And uh and then I love Crease. You're goddamn right. You know, he's like, can you do it? He's like, you goddamn right I can, right? So Crease can handle it, man. But I love this. Check this out because I'm going to tie this into another scene. So the captain says, you know, well, hey, I'm asking you to become more than just a soldier, son. You understand that? And here's, well, here's why. Because anybody, bro, anybody can be a soldier. It takes a different kind of person, a different type of mentality to be a warrior, a winner, a hero. Anybody can be a bench player, bro. Anybody can be, right. you know, Will Purdue. But it takes a different type of mentality to be Jordan, bro. You know what I'm saying? And so that's that's what I got from that. And you're going to see how it tied in a little bit later, man. So, yeah, definitely we need the absolute best. That's what he says. Strength, determination, brutality. But I got a little nitpick here, man. Here's my nitpick, bro. How the hell did Crease <laughs> get into the weight room, man? How did he get into the field house? I get how he got into the basketball game. You buy a ticket, you can go into the basketball game. I get how he got into the wrestling match. You know, you buy a ticket, you go into the wrestling match. But how did he get into the weight room, field house, whatever you want to call it. 
come on, bro. Like, is he homeboys with Principal Lopez or something? <laughs> did he teach him how to throw some chingazos or what, bro? You know, that's Probably. What I was like, come I... on, man. Like, how did he get there? You know, imagine that you're you're working out and all of a sudden you see some old 65-year-old just staring at you, man. So I was like, come on, how did that happen, man? So anyways. And not even that, but just the fact that the guy, the kids, Brooks, uh, Kyler, and the girl, like, I'm surprised they allowed, with everything going on in today, that they allowed to approach him like the ah, see look at that bro i didn't even think about that <laughs> yeah. you're right like i'm like who the hell is this old man talking to me right <laughs> yeah talking about i want to mold you into a what is it the, the perfect weapon no the ultimate the weapon weapon <laughs> the yeah, ultimate exactly. weapon the ultimate weapon yeah, i wish he right. would have said the perfect weapon bro because if he would have said the perfect weapon i would have made another connection bro to to that jeff speakman movie Jeff Speakman was a martial artist, man. He only made one movie, and it was called The Perfect Weapon. And you're looking at me, bro, like you don't know what the hell I'm talking about no, because no. it's one of those one-hit wonder movies. I'm telling you, dude, I watched all most of <laughs> martial arts movies, man. <laughs> you know what? That the, Maybe the title doesn't stand out, but I guarantee you maybe if I see some of the fighting or something or the characters, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. maybe. I, yeah, when we get out, yeah, go ahead and Google Jeff Speakman, uh, The Perfect Weapon, bro. All right, man, so <laughs> my first favorite scene. I love it, bro, and I'm glad. I'm glad this is mine man because damn dude it's it's johnny you know sitting at his table reading ali's facebook message man love it dog love it <laughs> and i love this let me let me set this up man i love this right johnny has six bottles of course banquet around him so you know he had been drinking bro you know he had been drinking and tell me johnny didn't read her message before he went to bed and then when he woke up the first thing he did man was read her message again bro i'm telling you bro you know why because that's what i would have done man and I love that. Here's what I love, though, man. Check this out. I love that Allie's email response was more than two words because you've been out of the dating game a while, bro, right? But me, you know, I'm still in the dating game, bro. So a lot of women, a lot of girls nowadays, man, they respond with only, you know, one or two words. Did you have a good weekend? Yes. How are you? I'm good. Damn, bro, you're you're lucky. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes if you get more than two words. And so seeing Allie just break it down, dude, and, and write like a paragraph, I love it, man. I love a woman who has depth and knows how to carry a conversation, man. So that's the first thing I noticed about that message. She spoke what, very well, man. Spoke very, very well, bro. Makes me love Allie even more. Like how she makes Johnny laugh through it. You know, talking about we had the best music in the 80s. And he's like, hell yeah. And I love when she brought it to him. She's like, I can still kick your ass at air hockey. Air hockey. I love that, bro, bro. Yeah. So already you can tell they have this connection. Already you can tell that, all right, this this woman right here, she's a woman. She's not a girl. Hey, Revenge of the Nerds. She, she's not a girl booger. She's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I love already that that they have this connection, man. And, that I, and then I love this, man. He goes through all the pictures. She's smoking, by the way, man. She's smoking. She's beautiful, by the way. <laughs> And he's liking all of them, man. But you know what else he's doing? Check this out. This is what I think. He's also checking to see if she has any pics with her man. Because yep. if she does it, it's on, bro. You talk about striking yeah. first. It's on. And so, uh, yeah, yeah. man, I, I love that scene, dude. Uh, hey, here's my question for you, though, bro, because I always like giving you questions. What was, you know, I know because I know you watched this more than once. I know you watched that scene more than once. So what was your favorite picture of Allie in that scene? It was the the one from the original with uh she's oh, I think she was wearing the clothing from when she went to um I think it was golf and stuff with Daniel I can't remember the it was the eighties yeah the sweater okay was the sweater and her hair it was all wavy. curly and wavy yeah yeah like she was at the beach yeah that one that's <laughs> the one dude love it my favorite one was the one at the art gallery bro 
She's R. culture, Gally. bro. She has depth, bro. You know what I'm saying? But you know what else I noticed? That she didn't have a pic of her, of a selfie that she took in the restroom. Nah, Allie's not about that. You know these girls that be taking pictures in the restroom and stuff? Like, oh, she didn't yeah. have that, dog. <laughs> Nate, I'm not trying to diss you. I'm not trying to diss. If you do that, that's cool. But I'm just saying, Allie didn't have that, so I love it. So, anyway, so she ends uh, the email with an emoji. I love it. But here, here I wrote this down, man. Here the real battle begins, baby. Johnny thinking about how he's going to respond. So, man, what else do you want to add to that, man? I love that scene. Yeah, I totally love that scene. I took that down, man. I love one of Ali's quotes, man, how she says that life is taking her in all kinds of directions. You know, I thought that was cool. And uh, I just, how well she, how eloquently she speaks. She's like, you know, I don't know, even though they have this entire history, she's like, I don't know the first thing about you. You know, he's like, who are you now? Your profile is pretty bare. <laughs> and that is just so common in today, man. You know, rather than like asking someone, you know, hey, tell me about yourself. You just go look on their profile. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just like how times have changed so much. Oh, look at that, bro. You're right. <laughs> That's right. People want to know about you. They start just like Facebook Searching stalking you, you and shit, right? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> and here's here's the thing, man. The look on Johnny's face is like he's reading it for the first time. The joy in his face. You know, he, he's probably, like you said, he's probably read it. Hell yeah, uh, he's at, read it at more least than three one. Yeah, more, more than, than three times, time. bro. <laughs> <laughs> and he still has that same joy, like he read it the very first time. That's just something I observed. <laughs> Hell yeah. If, if people could see my face, they, they'd see that I have that same face right now, bro. Like I've just talked about that like it's the first time, man. It's like, yeah, love it, dude. Love it. All right, man. Take us to your next favorite scene. The next one I put down is the new students arrive at Cobra Kai. We saw at the beginning, Chris recruiting them. This time, uh, it's uh, Mitch. It starts off with Mitch. He's yeah, yeah, bragging. Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> He's bragging that he took care of Chris. You know, when if you go back and look at it, it was, it was Rickenberger. Rickenberger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was Rickenberger who had him like in the chokehold, took him down, and then uh, Mitch just came in with the kick on the ground. But anyways, that's another story. <laughs> Mitch trying to take take all the glory shit. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, for real. And then he, of course, he goes on to say, Hawk puts Dimitri in an arm bar like Chris Jericho. Love it. And, love uh, love him showing yeah. Y2J some love there. Hell yeah. Exactly. And then Tori tells him, I didn't even think you were going to do it. You know, and she was cheering him on. <laughs> you yeah. know, telling yeah, him to yeah, do for it. Sure. Egging and him on. She, Egging his exactly. ass on. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and then, of course, Hawk chest up or chest up saying hey they got what they deserve uh for what they did to miguel so let me let me let me butt in real quick man uh i know you noticed hawk looking uneasy you know when uh when mitch was talking about the whole thing you know so it kind of yeah. goes back to how uh when he did break dimitri's arm he wasn't really he wasn't really you know like so excited he was conflicted there we go and so again, he's looking uneasy in this scene. But one more thing that I noticed, and you talked about it, that you know he stuck his chest out and he said, "Well, they got what they deserve for what they did to Miguel." But I wrote this down, man. In that response, he showed his loyalty, and his loyalty was to Miguel. And the reason I say that is because through it all, you know, I started thinking, Miguel—not Miguel, excuse me—Hawk has always had Miguel's back. He went to go see him. 
you know, at the hospital right there. He's saying, hey, I did that because of what they did to Miguel. So, man, that's that's loyalty on Hawk's part, man. So I just wanted to throw homeboys, that in there, man. man. Yeah, homeboys, man. That's loyalty because he, exactly. hasn't, he hasn't talked shit about Miguel. You know, he still has his back. Like I said, he still goes, you know, to see him at the hospital or went to see him at the hospital. So, yeah, man, had to, had to throw that in there. No, that's cool for sure. And, um, you know, <clears throat> the new students walk in. Well, actually, before that, you know, she tells Tori, hey, have you gone to see him? And Tori's like, nah. She well, there you go. That's that. what I'm talking yeah. about. Tori hadn't even, he, she hadn't even seen Miguel. So, hell yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then the new students walk in and it's Kyler Brooks and a few others, you know. And then a Hawk looks, you know, as soon as Hawk sees this, he remembers the flashback goes to him before Hawk, before Hawk when he was just Eli. You know, it goes back to that flashback and how Kyler was making fun of him about what girl would ever kiss this, you know, and is mess- making fun of his lip, yeah. really. And then uh, he goes to Crease right away, man. He goes, he's like, hey, he wants to tell him, hey, these guys aren't Cobra Kai material. Basically, he's like, nah, they, they don't belong here. And Crease uh, being Crease, he's like, you said we needed new recruits. They're natural athletes, and that's what's been missing from this dojo. Pretty much just doesn't listen to Hawk at all, yeah, man. Sure. Just kind of, Shit, it's, you know, it's his dojo. You know right, yeah, it's his dojo, <laughs> and um, and then he and pretty much he's telling him, hey, you got to prepare yourselves for combat because only the strong are going to survive. Yeah. So, kind of curious, you know, at that point, watching it real real time, you're like, oh, okay, what's going to happen here? But uh, a couple of the notes that I took down from this scene, you know, you see Hawk still putting up a front about Dimitri's arm, even though we know he's kind of conflicted still. Yeah, no you doubt. Know? And um. And like, again, part of me also thinks he, he kind of starts to think, hey, this Cobra Kai, just basically his little encounter with Kreese, mm-hmm. this Cobra Kai is different than Johnny's. I, I just got that feeling, you know, from that little discussion. For sure. But, uh, but, but yeah, we're going to get into more detail about or more in depth about what only the strong survive. No doubt. <laughs> no know? doubt. And so but right here, you know, we kind of see a little picture of you know, why Kreese wants new recruits. So Mitch, you know, I wrote, he's trying to be the new Hawk, you know, so he calls Kyler and, and Brooks chode nose and taint breath and, and Kyler punks him out easily, which I didn't like, which again, right there, that, that just shows that Mitch, you know, he's, he's just a soldier, bro. He's not a hero. He's not a top dog. You know what I'm saying? So I like how you're, Connecting you see, yeah, yeah. I'm, I've told yeah. you, bro. I'm connecting this shit, man. Anyways. <laughs> I, yeah. So again, he's not a warrior. He's not a top dog. He's not, what Crease, you know, sees as being, you know, the number one or the way he was recruited by Captain, right. right? And so here's my question to you. You know, I mean, you summed that up perfectly, man, but I got a question. Why do you think Hawk was so afraid of Kyler, man? Because here's my thing. Here's my thing. Hawk, you know, apparently was getting all this play for being a badass. Dude was in the semifinals in the All-Valley Tournament, and now he's afraid of Kyler? Why is that, man? I got I got an opinion, but I want to hear your opinion first. No, that's a good question, man. You know what? He's never really faced him. Like he's it's still like I is chip on the shoulder the right analogy? Yeah. For it. Yeah, you know, like he Yeah, he's this totally new different fi- fighter now, you know, but he's never really basically what's the word I'm using for uh overcome that, that fear. That's a fear. That fear. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fear for sure. Yeah. He's never had to do, he's never dealt with it. You know, it's just like been there and now it's resurfaced. Okay. I'm going to take it a step further, man. My thought is he don't have Miguel. That too. Shit. When you got Miguel, you got your boy, you know what I'm saying? Hey, two, 
two are stronger than one all the time, right? And so you don't have Miguel, man. And, and El Miguel is El Serpiente. He's the king cobra, baby. You know what I'm saying? Tying it to the title. And so that's what I wrote, man. It's a lot easier for you to kind of stand up to other people when you got you have your homeboy, right? And now back. he's kind of like he's he's the first he's he's trying to be the top dog. He's trying to be number one, but yet he don't have the dude that really helped him out, and that was Miguel. So that's why I'm like, okay, now he has to face that fear on his own. As before, he had Miguel. You see what I'm saying? So that's why I'm yeah. thinking he's like, okay, he's afraid, and so you know, he's like, man, I don't know if I can really do this on my own. So next one, man, I gotta I gotta take the next one, man. Yeah. I love it, man, Miguel. Uh, in the giant harness, you know, he's looking like a baby and Johnny's like, well, the way you're whining and not walking, you might as well be a baby. So uh, I just love it, man. Just their, their connection. Again, I think uh, we always talk about this in terms when when William Zapka and Cholo Mariduena have great scenes. And this is another episode where they just they just killed it throughout the episode, man, with their connection, with their chemistry. And, and it's, it's so evident, man. So that's one of the things that makes this show work is their connection, man. So uh Love it, dude. You know, uh, obviously Miguel is feeling, you know, again, disappointed because he wants the fast results. He wants a better, badass way to to learn how to walk again. And, uh, you know, Johnny's like, you're not ready for that. You know, just tapping your foot at a concert doesn't make you ready for badass training. And so, yeah, man, it's one of those things where you have to learn to crawl before you walk, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got to learn to crawl before you walk, man. So, but uh, it serves its purpose, right? So Miguel falls, you know, and, and Johnny's like, all right, we're going to take five. And and it, it, it serves its purpose in the sense that, Miguel sees Johnny's laptop, but before, you know, he talks about what's, you know, you know, what's displaying on the laptop, he tells Johnny, and I love this, I got to point this out, that that his mom had been, you know, has been talking about him. So Carmen's been talking about him, and man, that's great, man, because that's just the power that a woman has, man. I mean, seriously, man, that's the power that a woman has when she talks, you know, about you, and, and you know that, and so that's why Johnny's like, oh, yeah, and she's like, yeah, you know, she's thanking, you know, she says thank you for taking me to that, yeah, you know, she says thank you for taking me to that concert, and Johnny's like, she say anything else? And, and I get that, bro, because at that point, you know, your your ears already perked up. You know, you heard that, you know, this beautiful woman is talking about you. So now you want to know more, right? Like, does she think exactly. I'm hot? Does she think I'm hot? Does she think I'm sexy? Does she like my voice? You know, obviously he didn't <laughs> say that, you know, but damn it, he was thinking that, man. So then I love Miguel, man. He's like, damn, are you writing a novel? <laughs> and, it, and it was the Facebook, 80-page novel, and it was a Facebook <laughs> message, man. And he's like... To who? To Allie. Allie? Like the Allie? What? This is huge. This is huge. This is so huge. But I mean, you're not going to send that, right? You cannot send her that message. Why not? Because it's like 80 pages in, in all caps. I have 35 years worth of stuff to say, all right? Okay, yeah, yeah, but shorter messages are way cooler. Like this just looks desperate and a little creepy. Sending her this would be like if you, like if you liked all of her photos. Oh no. Oh no. What the hell, man? I enjoyed the photos. And there's a button for exactly that. Why would I not click on it? Because she can see that. All right, I got amped up, okay? Look, she put a smiley face in the message. She's even got little red cheeks. Does that mean she's getting hot? She's feeling hot? What am I supposed to do with that? I think it's just a smiley face. Let's see. Okay, she says she wants to know what you've been up to. Good, this is good. We can salvage this. Let's just make you a kick-ass profile, and then you'll be sending your message from a position of strength. And first, we need to get some pictures. Do you have any photos? 
And Johnny just kills it. He's like, what the hell, man? I enjoyed all her photos. There's a button exactly for that. Why would I not click it? And I love that, man, because it's true, man. But here's the thing. Sometimes there are just unwritten rules in dating, right? Like, don't write right. too much. Don't like too many pics. And it's all bullshit, bro. You know why it's all bullshit, bro? Three-day rule before calling. Yeah, three-day rule before calling. But it's all bullshit because for the right person that's really into you, they won't think why it's creepy. Why delay it, man? Why delay it? And they won't think it's creepy. Well, maybe the all caps part, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they won't think it's creepy, man. So I love it. Johnny's like, man, I got amped up. And so, but, and then this is great too. It's just great scene, man. Uh, you know, she, she put a smile, a smiley face with red cheeks. What does that mean? She's getting hot. She's feeling hot. What am I supposed to do with that? So it's just an emoji, Johnny. But I get him again, bro. You know why? Because anytime I get a text message and it has an emoji with a smiley face or has hearts or has the lips or whatever. Bro, I get happy too, man. So, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, hype. But like, man, yeah, I get amped up too, bro. So Miguel, you know, he's just like it's a, it's a smiley face, and he just again walks him through it. He's like, look, let's salvage this. Let's make a kick-ass profile, and you need photos. And I love this part. And Johnny's like, yeah, yeah, I got some photos. Don't move. And then he laughs. He said, I said, don't move. Knowing damn well, can't. yeah, knowing damn well, Miguel Miguel can't move. Love that scene, man. So. What you got to add with that, bro? Love it, man. A lot of good stuff. A lot of funny stuff, man. Yeah, a lot of funny stuff. Again, just to echo what you said, great chemistry between these two, man. Just amazing. But I just, what I took down is just the teacher becomes a student. It's like Johnny basically gets schooled, or not schooled in a way, but... He does. Um, He he gets schooled on like dating nowadays or what to do, like in social media and stuff. Social media and all that. So (laughs) Miguel became his uh, teacher, I guess. For sure, man. All right, brother, take us to your next favorite scene. The next one I have is the combat at Cobra Kai. It goes back to the Cobra Kai dojo. And, uh, you know, they're pretty much in like a square, you know, preparing to fight, basically. And uh, so... Kree selects, uh, or well, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. First, uh, while before they're getting into their positions, Kyler recognizes Hawk. Holy shit! You know, I realized this kid with the lid. I thought it moved. Oh, oh shit! You're right. Right. Oh, the hair kind of distracts you from it, though. Yeah. All right, class. Let the games begin. He's like, you know, I thought he moved. Dang, that's... Oh, <laughs> God, that was, if I was hard, that would have pissed me yeah, off. Yeah, why didn't like, he just drop kick those guys, man? Exactly, you right know. then and there, you know? And <laughs> No, okay, here, here's... I, know, I, I want you to finish this, uh, but here's why I say that. Why didn't Hawk just drop kick these assholes? Because, look, man, I'm going to connect it to what I said last episode. You know, when Hawk thought he was all badass, taking little kids' paper tickets at the arcade you know, stealing their, their plush animals and stuff. But now he's facing kids his age and he's scared. So I thought you were this badass. And so here's my thing. Imagine if Kyler would have walked up to Dutch and said, hey, holy shit, it's the kid with the curly blonde hair. Man, you think Dutch would have stood for that? Now Dutch would have whooped his ass. So hey, he would have right said point or no point. And then he would have looked. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> points or no points, you're dead meat. You know what I'm saying? Dead so yeah. I love it, man. It just goes to show you that the new Cobra Kai doesn't compare to the old Cobra Kai, man. So uh, yeah, it's, it's like you said, though, bro. I want to echo what you said. Hawk is starting to realize that, you know, Kreese's Cobra Kai is totally different, man, than what he learned from Johnny, man. So yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah. 
And no, like you said, pretty much uh, Brooks says, you know, the hair kind of distracts you from it. And then Hawk gets embarrassed, bro. He even kind of you know, makes himself a little small and covers up his lip. Um, and then Kreese begins the combat. He selects Kyler to go against Mitch. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> again, um, Mitch is, oh God, he's just He's just prepared. a soldier. He's just a soldier. Yeah, yeah, he's just a soldier pretty much. So he gets in the shot. You know, well, first, uh, he's he he's in like a karate fighting stance while Kyler's like leaning down like, like he's wrestling. about to play like wrestling, yeah. yeah. And so he Mitch gets a shot in, and then pretty much within not even a minute, man, that angers Kyler and he takes him down and makes him tap like in a wrestling move. <laughs> and uh, and then of course Chris tells him to finish him and pops him, you know, right in the face. <laughs> I'm like Mitch, bro, put your hands up. Now I'm sorry, yeah, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. You can't do that. <laughs> Hey, but what what did what did you connect that to? Because I I connected it to something. Ah, uh, uh, Robinson Brown and Robinson. No nah, man, no, nah, nah, uh, not even what Chris said. Just that just that fight sequence between Mitch getting the first hit and being all hyped up. Let me give it to you, bro. You ready? Daniel, Daniel. No, 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 no. It's a it's a movie. It's a movie. It's Mitch lands the first hit Jackson. like Jackson. <laughs> Jackson. Jackson in Bloodsport yeah, against Chung Lee. <laughs> exactly. He gets all hyped up and stuff. You, you saw he kicks him. He's all smiling and stuff. And then Kyler tears his ass up. So. Yeah. And then he even <laughs> does that the gesture with his hands like Chung Lee. Remember Chung Lee was like, yeah. he did that gesture with his arms or hands or whatever. So that's why I was like, I thought about Jackson. <laughs> 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 that is a good good connection there all right brother uh, keep going <laughs> so yeah so then like i said he finishes him with the punch and then um you know they kyler walks back to his spot mitch gets up starts walking back to his uh before he even gets there chris is like what are you doing and he's like i'm going back to my spot you lost to an untrained fighter you know so he basically kicks him off the team you know and then hawk tries to step in tries to have his back saying that he's been loyal to to Cobra Kai, Chris doesn't even think twice. He's like, he's not Cobra Kai material. Only the strong survive. For sure. So loyalty doesn't mean nothing to Chris. That's what I took down. Yeah, loyalty doesn't but mean nothing. it means something to Hawk. Yes. Because there again, Hawk, he, he's exactly. standing up for Mitch, bro. He could have been, oh, you know, forget that dude. He got his ass kicked. But right. so again, connecting it to what I said, you know, a few minutes ago, Hawk showed his loyalty to Miguel. And Hawk is showing his loyalty to Mitch in that sense, man. So, again, just kind of shows you. And I guess I should have seen it, you know, and I don't want to ruin the ending, you know, of season three. But I guess I should have seen those little signs that that Hawk is trying to do some stand-up stuff. He's just conflicted is the perfect word to use. So yeah. Keep going, man, because there's a lot more here. <laughs> well, no, that's I think that's the end of that scene before it goes to the— Does it? Yeah. Oh, my bad. My bad. So it goes to you're right, bro. You're right. I'm just you know why I'm I'm hyped up about it because Brooks is all hyped up right there. He's all like, ooh, yeah, and I I know what's coming to that guy, bro. So that's why you know what I'm saying. Brooks is all hyped up and shit. All right, but yeah, then it goes to what do you say? Lights out, or Kyler does some kind (laughs) of chest pump and says, "Lights out, baby." Exactly. Exactly. All right, but then it goes to. uh, Oh, you're right, bro. My bad. I'm I'm totally off. It's all good. It's all good. I'm just excited no, no, because kidding. I know I'm excited because I know what's gonna come, man, and what's gonna happen to Brooks, <laughs> man. Anyway, so <laughs> my next favorite scene is the flashback, and it's to young Crease training with Captain Man. And uh, you said his last name was Turner because I didn't get that. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so Captain Turner. Captain Captain Turner. So, and this is again where we see you know some of 
you know, Kreese's maxims, right? His sayings, you lose concentration on the battlefield and you're dead meat. So connection from part one. And I love this, man. You know, young Kreese is like, sorry, I just thought. And then the captain's like, don't think. Your enemy wants you dead. So you have two choices, kill or be killed. No hesitation, no second thoughts, and no mercy. And I love that, man. I love that. Just don't think. If you think, you die. Because I'm thinking back to another movie, all right, bro? You know, man, got to make these connections, man. Where, and you got to know this, bro. I know you got to know this because this is your boy. You don't have time to think up there. If you think, Top you're gun, dead. Maverick. Top Gun, Maverick, baby. <laughs> yeah. Chester's yeah. dead. <laughs> yeah, man. So love that scene again. Uh, flashbacks again. I don't know what, you know, your thoughts are to the listeners, you know, with, with the flashbacks, you know, to the people that I've talked to, you know, some are like, yeah, I love the flashbacks. And some are like, ah, oh, I didn't really like them. But this one, it serves its purpose, man. So yes. again, just kind of showing how, how Kreese, you know, again, has picked up sayings along the way, how he trained and he learned karate. And so, uh, and yeah, never trust your enemy. So then, bro, we get the, the captain gets a letter. And obviously, we know how this season ends, so we know what the letter said. But at that moment, what did you think the letter said? Because at that moment, I thought it was going to say uh, that, he, you know, she was pregnant. That's what I thought. That was my thought when I first saw it first time, January 1st. What did yeah. you think that that letter said? I thought it was maybe about his mom or something, like maybe his mom died or something. But yeah, I didn't expect where it ended up you know what i mean okay the only reason i thought it had, had something to do with with uh with betsy was because he was looking at her picture right yeah so that's why i was like okay maybe she's got a kid or something so uh yeah but again we don't want to ruin it for for episode 10 but yeah you know the captain decides not whatever was in that letter right he told uh the guy not to tell crease because it would you know uh, make crease yeah lose his concentration man all right brother take us to your next favorite scene this is kind of a little bit of a funny scene. Um, I'm going to choose this one because I know the next one. I, I, I know you want to do the next one. <laughs> Which one? Which one? Because the one I'm about to do is Daniel and Amanda at the police station. Okay. But can I, can but I be honest with you, though? Can I, can I be honest with you and, and tell you that I didn't really pick any of the Daniel Amanda scenes in this one? I, I don't oh, know, really? man. It just to me just wasn't. Yeah, but go ahead, man. Go ahead. I mean, I'm with no, you. No, no, no. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, no. This is just funny because... Um, and well, it's not the one go, with Armand. I did talk about that one. Is that is yeah, it that no, one? I, no, no, no. Okay, no, okay. it's not that one. That one I do have that one too down at the very end. I only just took two. They had quite a few in this in this episode, but I, yeah, I only took down those two. But basically, they're at the police station. They're wanting to file a complaint slash restraining order against Crease. Uh, to their surprise, there's already one been filed. The officer tells them that it's actually against Amanda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that Crease came, gave a statement. And said that Amanda showed up at his business after hours enraged and that uh, she struck him, basically. And Daniel's all in shock and surprise. And Amanda's like, ah, kind of like at a loss for words. She's like, um, there's a lot of context missing. <laughs> yeah. And then she tries to tell the police officer that he's crazy, that he's a menace. And the officer's like, well, it says here he's a Vietnam vet, Green Beret, Silver Star. <laughs> and he's like, those guys went through a lot of turmoil. The effects are real, you know. And so Amanda's just like, you know, kind of loses her mind a little bit. And uh, <laughs> the officer's like, well, since you came in, can I go ahead and get you to sign the paper saying that you've been served? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, you know, they upset Amanda or Amanda's upset and um, they're they're about to leave. And uh, she tells Daniel that she has another option that she doesn't like. It's a nuclear option. Um, but I just wrote down this scene because 
it kind of ties into last episode. Kreese is finding smart. You know, he got uh, the upper hand yeah. on Amanda, you, you know, and so that's basically why I took it down because it, uh, I connected it to the last episode. He outsmarted Amanda, basically. And let's <laughs> let's connect it to what Kreese learned in Vietnam. You got to think like your enemy. You know, you got to fight like your enemy. Ah, so he good. knows that he knows that Amanda and Daniel, they're not going to throw down in a dojo. They're going right. to, you know, seek, pursue legal action. So yeah. I'm going to beat them at their game before they can beat me. There you go. That's great. Yeah. There you go. Business. All right, man. So I'm going next. Just a real quick scene, man. It's just Johnny and, and Zapka, William Zapka's real old pitchers, man. Because again, I mentioned this, you know, in an episode we did after uh, our season three reactions, you know, episode, man. So uh, Zapka, you know, he was a teenage heartthrob, man. You know, he was on Tiger Beat and all those magazines. So bringing out those old pitchers, man, it's just funny again, you know, for the comedic value, you know. You know, all the, all the pictures, he's not wearing a shirt or he has those old school tank tops. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, Miguel's like, what the hell, man? And, you know, the mullet. He, yeah, the mullet. <laughs> and, and he's like, uh, nah, I don't want to get baby oil gets on everything. And, and Miguel's like, I'm not going to grease you, man. So it's just real funny. And then Johnny's idea, man, which is going to is going to tie into something that happens later, a conversation that happens later. So Johnny's idea is to take pictures similar to the ones that Allie has on her page, because, man, hey. What I wrote down, man, is anything to impress a chick, man. Anything to impress a babe. So he's not going to do yoga. That's how you know she's special. Yeah, that's how you know she's special. But but the conversation, man, that happens a little bit later kind of debunks that, bro. But again, you know, he's going to do anything to impress her. He's not going to do yoga, but he will pet a dog, man. So he's like, let's go, Hot Wheels. So I love that, man. Again, really quick scene, man. All right, brother, take us to your next favorite one, which I know we're going back. It's the one that I try to jump into, man, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's uh this time we're back at the cobra kai dojo and um i think tori and one of the basketball girls just finished up and um so then and this was just really quick um you, one thing i do want to point out is after tori defeated that girl which i never got her name she was known because uh, she got her ass kicked she, <laughs> chipped yeah, <her> tooth. <laughs> but she had that yeah she chipped the tooth. it's like you needed braces anyway um that look that she had to Tori, like, this isn't over. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll see her in season four. Who maybe. <laughs> but, yeah. But she just had that look, like, this isn't over, you know? But anyways, let me, I, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> got sidetracked there. But, yeah. Okay. So, then next, uh, Cree selects Brooks. Or Brooks. Brooks. I keep calling him Brooks. It's, what is it? It's, it's Brooks. Brooks or Brooks? Are we? Uh, I thought it was B-R-U-C-K-S. Hey, bro, we, we're I Latino. Thought. We have we have accents, bro. It's all good. Harry, if you want to say Brooks, Brooks, yeah, exactly. Brooks, whatever you want to say, bro, we're good, dog. <laughs> we're good, dude. So he picks him. And- <laughs> as long as you're not saying bricks, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, like bricks. Tricks, Tricks with bricks. bricks. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets hyped. He goes to the center. He's like, all right, who's going down now? He was annoying, bro. He's like, dang, girl. He's annoying, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, hot quickly, man doesn't even hesitate he's mine oh yeah hell you yeah. know and then and then kyler get him luke <laughs> and so then uh he tries to kind of taunt him a little bit let me see if i can uh fix that lip of yours and um and then of course cock takes off his his the top part of his gi and uh he sees uh brooks sees the, t- the big eagle tattoo that he has and then when he turns around he sees the grim reaper tattoo in the front so he's kind of in sh- a little bit of a shock and they so, gave that uh, uh that, that hawk Cree- sound too, that bird sound when he took the gif. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that bird sound. And 
the music has also changed, man. It's kind of like, you know, a little, little I don't dark know if I did there. that bird sound game, and, though. Er, no, I'm my bad, bro. <laughs> I mean, I'm interrupting you. My bad. <laughs> no, no, it's all good, bro. It's all good. And then, uh, so then, um, Chris gives a signal to the guy with the flags, like, don't even worry about those. They ain't going to need them, <laughs> you know? And as soon as it starts, man, Hawk strikes first, just keeps, uh, you know, wailing on him, wailing on him. And then this scene kind of like, whoa. Um, and then Brooks, dude, he's like pleading, stop, stop. You know, sorry to make the sound effects. <laughs> no, you're good, dude. <laughs> you know, he's because he, he's beat, bro. He, he didn't even get a shot in. <laughs> <laughs> um i'm like dang does hawk hit that hard? For real dog <laughs> but anyways that's that's another story um so then before you know it hawk takes him down and um he has him on the ground before creeks can even say finish him he just goes non-stop on his face you know just bang bang both hands left and right bro and crease it goes the camera goes back to crease he's loving this bro he's got like a yeah it's like he you know that's like his drug man or something like that he's like just loving it enjoying it and and then at the end um even tori has to turn away and look because she can't see and uh, then he spits on him of course and then he goes back to his spot where he was and he just stares down kyler like looks at him like you know badass yeah yeah he confronts or just kind of confronts him for the first time like you know because while he's beating him up i forgot to mention that all the flashbacks are going in not all of them but some of them are going through his head where he's getting bullied in the library back in season one and um he's like all right that's enough for today class uh somebody pick him up (laughs) you know what that reminded me when he said somebody pick him up it's a kickboxer no, if they would no. they would have threw him out in the alley. That would be a kickboxer. That would be kickboxer. No, it just reminded me. Uh, remember with Married with Children, Al Bundy was doing the commercial, <laughs> and uh, they bring in the shoe uh, commercial, the shoe commercial, and they deck him. I think it was Ed Two Tall Ed Jones. Two Tall Jones, yeah. He's like decks him, and then the director's like, "All right, dust off the sneakers and pick up the old guy." <laughs> It just made me remember that, but <laughs> yeah, dude, uh, badass scene, man. Um, dark, I gotta do it, man. Moment. I I gotta do it. You know, uh, Brooks is saying, "Wait, stop." You know, uh, Hawk should have been like Paco, man. He should have been like Paco. You ain't talking so bad now. I said when he told that right. the spider. <laughs> Sorry, I had to had to do that blood in blood out. Yeah, man, great scene. But here here's my thing. You summed it up perfectly. And I think I know your answer, but I'm going to ask you anyways. Do you think that Hawk went overboard? Here's the thing. Uh, I don't think he did because I don't think he did because he has a lot of anger pent up inside them that just came to light because of everything he went through. And even the guilt from Dimitri, I think. Ah, there he just, we go. That's good. He just he just let it all out, bro. He just went off. It, it was just like all of his ghosts from the past, just bam, bam. I tried to end it there. So, no, I don't think he went over. I mean, if he would have killed him, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> of know, course. If he would have killed him, but I think right there, you know, he, he jacked him up. Hey, you know, it's kind of like, you know, those bullies at school, man. And I've dealt with them, not me personally. 
you know, I've had students who've been bullied at school and it's kind of one of those things where, hey, you want to shut them up, just punch them, punch them in the face. Not that I tell them that, okay? But I'm just <laughs> saying, you know, I, I've seen that. You know, when a kid finally stands up for himself, that's when they finally start leaving you alone, man. And so those I'm dudes respect. were talking shit, man, right? They were laughing yeah. about his lip and, and teasing him. So, all right, you get what you asked for, man. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, that's why I asked you, man, because I've heard some some people say, oh, I went overboard. But you know what, man? At that point, he had to prove his point. He proved it. You know, obviously, you saw Crease smiling, so Crease was approving of that. <laughs> you saw Nichols, yeah. though. You saw Tori. She was kind of wincing, man. Like, damn, he really, he really went that far. Kyler was scared, so that served his purpose, right? Because it put Kyler yeah. in his place. But I loved it, man. I just got to say that. You know who else loved it? <laughs> Red loved it, damn it. Red loved it. You Red, see Red? Yeah, Red gave him that. <laughs> Red was like, hell yeah. Approval. <laughs> hell yeah, bro. All right, man. Next favorite scene, dude. Uh, love it, man. Love it, Johnny, taking the pictures. Uh, just a great scene. Like you said, you know, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, man. The, the student became the teacher, right? Or vice versa, yeah. the teacher became the student. So Miguel's taking the pictures for him. I just love, again, how they help each other out. You know, so you know, Johnny at one point takes a picture with a book, then he throws the book away. He goes to the museum and he's posing. He's doing duck lips too, man. So I don't know what's <laughs> up with that. He's touching the painting. Come on, Johnny. You can't touch paintings at the museum, man. He's eating sushi. Uh, but Johnny doesn't like sushi, man. So I don't know what's up with that. But I uh, love it, man. Real, real quick scene, you know, quick montage, right, of them taking pictures. And then I love this. So Tori and Miguel, they finally see each other. And it was set up at the beginning of this episode when Hawk as Tori, hey, have you seen Miguel? But uh, some quick notes, man. I wrote down Miguel's a good dude. You know, he just, you know, he just, he, he, he's not like he's pissed at her, man. He, you, know, he, you know, she sits down, has a conversation with her. And and then she's, all she can do is apologize. She's like, I'm sorry. You know, I wish I could have came to see you. I just didn't know how to help. But I love Miguel, man. Good dude. And he's like, what? So you did nothing? I love that. Because, man, Check this out. And I said this in another podcast. When you do nothing, you get nothing. And it was at that moment, man, when, you know, she said, I wanted, I didn't know what to do. But again, you did nothing. And I'm sure, at least I'm thinking in my head, right, that Miguel, he thought about Sam, how she did something. She came to see him at the hospital. She had a car wash for him. She made him an octopi card. You know, you octopi my thoughts. She did that stuff, man. So she did something because when you really care about someone, You'll do something for them, man. And so Tori right. didn't do that, you know? And so, uh, and then she's trying to justify. She's like, well, you know, we're getting Miyagi-Do back because if one of us gets hurt, everyone gets hurt. <laughs> and Miguel was like, nobody else got hurt. I love that, bro. He's like, I'm yeah. the one in the wheelchair. So I love that because I, I wrote down that he's calling Crease's bullshit. That's bullshit because he is the one that got hurt. You know what I'm saying? Nobody else is hurt. And so I love it. And then, you know, again, Miguel's just smooth, man. I love it. He's like, I never cared about Miyagi. Doe or Crease cared about you, or cared about us, my bad. And so he's like, I think you need help. And so that just makes her lose it. She's like, you think I'm crazy, right? And Tori just doesn't give a shit, man. You know, because her thinking is all that matters is who wins in the end. But my thing is this. Why are you mad, Tori? You're the one that didn't help him. So is it guilt? You know, so I, I like that scene again, just because we finally see them, you know, talk and communicate, you know, for the first time this season, man. So what do you want to add to that scene? I just basically, Miguel was honest with her, like honest, just straight up with her, you know, and um, she's just fallen into the trap of Crease's mind games, man. When she said at the end, I had no choice, I, or like she had to, I had no choice. And Miguel's like, what do you mean you had no choice? Everybody has a choice. Yeah, you for know? sure. <laughs> exactly. You, you chose to do this. So 
This is the consequences. And, yeah. and that's why I put, like, you know, why are you mad, Tori? You're the one that didn't help him. So I, I think it's guilt, man. I think it's guilt. You know, she could have done something. Even even if it was just to go see him, you know? Apparently you love this dude, but she's still hurt that, you know, she's thinking, yeah, and I didn't even mention this. She's thinking that Miguel just used her, you know, to get back at Sam or to get with Sam or whatever, so. To get Sam's attention or something like that, yeah. Yeah, but right there we're seeing, you know, I want to I want to kind of tie this to loyalty, man. Um, you know, cause I talked about Hawk being loyal, but right then, right there, excuse me, you know, we kind of, no, we don't kind of, we see Miguel, he's loyal to Johnny, man. You know what I'm saying? He's loyal to Johnny. He's not jumping on this Cobra Kai crease bandwagon, man, as opposed to how Nichols is or how Hawk is, man. So I definitely love it for that. Because again, you can't replace that connection, man. You can't replace the connection that Johnny and Miguel have, man. All right, brother, where are you taking us next? The next one, I'm going to go back to Armand and the LaRusso, the dinner. <laughs> All right, Armand is back. So, yeah, Armand is at, uh, he's with Daniel and Amanda. They're having dinner. Uh, apparently, uh, what is it? Daniel's mom's chicken cassatori. And um, <clears throat> so, you know, he's just chomping away <laughs> and eating. And then uh, he asks, why am I here? And Daniel tries to talk business. He's like, I, I, you know, he tries to basically try to make a deal with him. And he's like, but I don't trust car salesmen. And Amanda's like, well, what about me? Would you make a deal with me? And <laughs> that look in his eyes, like, oh, you know, kind of gets excited. I, I don't know why Daniel didn't say nothing. That's his wife right there. You know what I'm saying? What the hell are you trying to propose, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or insinuate, you know? But anyways, that's another story. <laughs> so, uh, but then again, Amanda reminds him, hey, it's just a business proposal, not the indecent kind. Um, and, um, so basically they want, they want Armand to evict Chris, you know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. And Armand kind of, he's, he doesn't want to, cause he's like, he's a good tenant. He pays on time. Yeah. <laughs> he cares about that money, dog. <laughs> yeah. That's all he cares about. <laughs> that paper. And, um, and then Amanda is like, you know, kind of, this kind of goes a little bored. He's danger to the community and unstable, <laughs> you know? And then Armand, he's like, but his rent is stable. <laughs> Armand, Armand trying to win that seed, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, um, of course, Amanda tries to get him to say how much he rent he pays, and you know, Armand's like, "Nah, you know, I can't tell you that. I can't discuss that with you." And without hesitation, Amanda's like, "We'll double it." <laughs> and then Daniel's like, "Amanda," <laughs> uh, and she just tells him nuclear option, and but Armand wins triple. So they basically agree. They get they get a deal together, and um, Armand agrees to evict him. And Daniel's like, "We want him out by tomorrow." And so he agrees to do that as well. I like the scene because <clears throat> they're underestimating Crease. Yeah, Daniel and Amanda are underestimating Crease, and I think this is something we talked about earlier. Captain Turner said, "Never underestimate your hey, opponent, your enemy." Your enemy, your enemy. Yeah, that's right. Your enemy, for sure. Never, never underestimate your enemy, and that's exactly what Daniel and Amanda are. You know, and we're going to talk about it a little bit further. What happens? You know, you know why don't you why don't you take us to uh, where Armand tries to get rid of Crease? Okay. Yeah, talk so, to us about that. Okay, so this um, scene, Armand comes in. Well, actually, before that, you know, Crease is kind of reminiscing about Vietnam. Um, and then, you know, he hears the door open and it's Armand. He walks in. Now, real quick, then, though, my bad, bro. I'm no, sorry no, for sorry. interrupting you. Now, real quick, is this where uh, Ponytail dies in that scene? The one before that, I think. 
no, as he's reminiscing, right? Because that's when he puts the picture down. And so that's yes. when we find out. Because I wrote that's when we find out that Ponytail wasn't Terry Silver. Because obviously right. Twig is Terry Silver. So Twig is po- Terry Pony Silver. Ponyhair guy died, right? In that in the yeah. scene as he's kind of reminiscing, he's looking at the picture right before Armand, Armand comes in. You want to yes, talk yes. about that one real quick? Go ahead and talk about that one and, and the Armand one. Okay, sure. So the one before the Armand and Crease is a Crease sent back in Vietnam. It's a flashback scene. Like um <clears throat> they're on a like a mission, you know, because remember, like Captain Turner said he was recruiting a team, a special team to to do special missions. And um so you see Crease kind of with this huge radio, and then Twig is right next to him. You know, he's like in charge of comms or something. Um, but Crease has like he's he's on a big old phone and like as he has his hand on the detonator and he's talking to captain turner on it and um so basically he sees that ponytail is like near the enemy camp and um captain turner's trying to tell him hey make sure that you know we our backup knows where we are otherwise we'll be in trouble and uh and then so ponytail is looking like he set off or set some kind of uh grenade or explosive and then he's trying to get out so that uh crease can blow it but it doesn't go that way the comms make a noise and it gives away their position and um before you know it captain turner's giving orders to crease to hey blow it blow it but he can't do it he hesitates because ponytail is there and that's his fellow soldier that's his homeboy yeah and um loyalty so then they yeah loyalty there, there you go. go uh before you know it they all get caught all of them basically get caught by the enemy and, uh, you know, Captain Turner is, you know, mad <laughs> and uh, they sit down ponytail. Right. And it's weird how they're, he's the only one that this occurs to. But basically they kneel down ponytail. Johnny's just like kind of, you know, in shock and in anger. He's kind of paralyzed and like doesn't know what's going to happen. And so they basically take out ponytail, bro. Like they just put a gun to his head and bam. And uh <clears throat> twig is over here breaking down weeping you know <laughs> <laughs> but that's like, when, that's when i knew man that's when i knew that uh ponytail wasn't terry silver like i said because we're like no nah, no nah, that can't be because you know we we see terry silver in part three you know so that's when yeah that's when i knew i was like oh damn because i thought no that can't be terry silver he didn't die but obviously it was the misdirection that you said so it's the misdirection twig yeah. is really terry silver Terry Silver, because the captain says, shut the hell up. <laughs> shut the hell up, Silver. Oh, he says, he shut said, the hell up right there. Yeah, you're right. Shut the hell up, Silver. So that's yeah. how. Yeah, because when they kill, I agree with you completely. When they shot Ponytail, I'm like, no, nah, that can't be. Because, you know, we all thought that that was Silver. And he's in part three. So it's like, what the hell's going on? Did he yeah, not die sure. or something? Yeah. And then, <laughs> but then, of course, like you said, Captain Turner, or like, yeah, Captain Turner acknowledges that Twig is Silver. And, you know, um, <clears throat> let me see. So, yeah, this, oh, and Captain Turner also uh, pretty much uh, tells Crease that, you know, hey, it's his fault. Pretty much blames him. He's like, he showed mercy and it cost. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. So. And that, and that kind of, it goes into, you know, Crease looking at that picture and then we see Armand come in. So tell us about that. Yeah, and then again, it flashes back to present time. He's looking at the photo of him, Twig, and Ponytail, and uh, he hears the door, and it's Armand. And um, he tells him what he 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 goes to the floor, main floor, and he confronts him, and he's like, "What do you want?" And 
Armand's there to inform him basically, hey, I got an offer on the better offer on the space and you can't rent it anymore. Chris is like, what about our contract? He's like, ah, all of his contracts have escape clauses. <laughs> and so I'm here to serve you eviction papers. <laughs> you know, and he tells him because he tells him he has to leave today. Crease is like, Crease, that's not happening. <laughs> and then he calls Eric and Grigor. <laughs> Igor, yeah, he calls his nephews the muscle, yeah. Eric and Grigor. Those are pretty big dudes, man. Oh, yeah, they look like wrestlers, bro. Shoot. For real. <laughs> and, uh, and then Armand's like, they're going to help you leave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And whether you like it or not. And then, of course, they're pulling out brass knuckles and stuff. And, um, <clears throat> And Kreese kind of just like, oh, man, I just cleaned the blood off that mat. And then that's kind of how it ends. So it leaves us with some questions. You know, number one, did Kreese defeat these guys? Because, you know, um, it's going to, well, you know what? I got ahead of myself, my bad. Yeah, you got ahead of yourself, but I got you're, you're going you're gonna to answer your own question here in a bit, man. So uh, yeah, let me take the next one, man. Next one is mm -hmm. Miguel on the harness feeling sad about Tori. This is a great scene, man. Johnny calls him on his bullshit. And then I love it because Miguel calls him on his bullshit. He said, look at you. We spent all day doing bullshit for your ex, trying to make you look like someone you're not. So I'm tying it back to what we said, right? Yeah, Johnny was trying to impress her by taking pictures just like her, but that's not who he really is, man. And I love Miguel, dude, because again, yeah, let's, let me just steal what you said. You know, at this point, the student became the teacher. And Miguel's like, at least when I saw my ex, I told her how things really were. And damn, Johnny's learning from Miguel. He's learning, be be who you are, man. Just be who you are. And if she really likes you, she's going to like you for you. And so I love that, man. I love Miguel in this scene, man. And so Johnny's still not getting it, though, man. He's hard-headed. He's like, you done with your hissy fit? All right, you done with your little hissy fit? Or are you just giving up? You are. What'd you say? You're the one giving up. I don't know what the heck. Quiet! You let Chris take your dojo. You let Hawk and Tori and everyone else think you're weak. Because it was a mistake to begin with. I should have never brought back Cobra Kai. Look what happened. And what happened is you helped a bunch of people and then walked away like a pussy. You're a sensei. That's who you are. If you can't see that, you're blind. There you go. Am I doing it? You're doing it. Holy shit. You're doing it. Thank you. No, thank you. I love Miguel, man. What happened is you helped a bunch of people then walked away like a pussy. <laughs> yeah, even using Johnny's verbiage, right? But I love this, man. This is, this is probably one of the best things Miguel said in this episode. You're a sensei. That's who you are. If you can't see that, you're blind. Damn, I love it, dude. I love it, too, because as he was saying that, Miguel's standing, man. And Johnny's like, look, look, you're doing it. He's like, I'm doing it. Holy shit. Badass. And this, this was awesome. Thank you. And that's when Johnny knew. He's like, no, thank you, because you're teaching me. He didn't say you're teaching me, but, in, you know, we know. We know at that moment that Miguel taught him a lesson, man. Just be who you are, man. He's like, look, you gotta, you can't escape who you are, man. You're a sensei. You're the one who helped me out. You're the one who, you know, helped this this kid who was bullied, man. You helped me out, man. So I love it, bro. I love it because that leads into Johnny looking at his picks, you know, that he took with Miguel and he deletes them. 
you know, the ones where he was faking. Because, again, you have to be who you are, man. And then he starts writing Ali back, man. And I love it, dude. So It's so powerful, man. You know, I'm going to, you know how I put the little audio excerpts. So I'm going to put the audio excerpt for this because I'm not going to do it justice. But a couple of things I'm going to point out. It's badass what he wrote. But and I'm just going to focus on a couple of things. And again, if you want to add to it, you can. But I love it. I can't give up anymore. I love this part. I have a long way to go to be a better man, a better father, a better teacher. I love that because I feel that because that's how I feel. I feel that I have a long way to be a better man, a better father. I always want to improve, man. And But I love what he says this. And I'm going to connect it to what I said at the beginning. But I can make a difference in these kids' lives. Because remember what I said at the beginning? You can make the difference. That's what Captain said. Yes, to, Captain, yeah. Captain said, to, said that to Young Crease. And that's what we want, man. And I love that he said this as well. It's a tough world out there. And I can help them be ready for it. That's what I've been up to. That's what I am. I'm a sensei. Ali, you're right. It's crazy how things change. For a long time, I didn't have much direction in my life. But then things got better. I met a kid who needed some help. So I got back into karate, became a sensei. There were ups and downs. I even gave up for a while, but I can't give up anymore. I have a long way to go to be a better man, a better father, better teacher, but I can make a difference in these kids' lives. It's a tough world out there and I can help them be ready for it. That's what I've been up to. That's who I am. I'm a sensei. Too long. I love it, but he deleted that. He deleted it. I'm like, dog, what's up? Why, Johnny? Such why? a Johnny thing, man. man. Such a Johnny thing to do. He oh. put not much you, dude. He didn't even spell out you. He put just the letter U. <laughs> he put God. the letter U. But I tell you what, bro. If he would have sent the original message, what he read, bro, Allie would have melted right there, man. She would have melted right there. She would have been, like, she been in love, bro. She would have been. It was great, bro. What do you want to add to that? But yeah, that's just a powerful scene, man. I love that scene. It man. is. Well, j- just kind of really to piggyback of what everything you said, man. I took down the quote that you said about I have a long way to go. And, you know, it was just badass. To, to use a Johnny term, it was just badass what he wrote. Like the first one was long. Yes, that was super long and bad. Kept. And this one was just right, man. This one was the perfect response to sum up all the time that had passed. And he and wasn't the, faking either. You know what I'm he saying? He wasn't faking. It's not it like he was authentic. saying stuff. Yeah, thank you, bro. It sounded authentic. It's not like he was saying stuff to try to impress her, bro. He was being honest. And here's a word that we, you and I, we use, man. You know, he's being transparent, bro. He's being himself. Like, this is who I am. I've messed up. You know, obviously, he didn't spill his whole guts like in the 80 page Facebook message before. <laughs> but, dude, I'm telling you, bro, she would have melted. She would have melted, man. She would have melted, man. She would have. She would have FaceTimed on that then. Now I'm messing. But yeah, dude, love it. Love it, man. What else? What else yeah. you got with that? It's just such a Johnny thing to do, man. And um, just, yeah, pretty much. I just agree with everything you said on this one, man. I took down the scene as well. And I'm like, God, Johnny, why did you delete it? <laughs> I know. I'm telling you, bro. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a rookie move, man. Johnny needed right? me right then because I'm like, nah, bro, send that. Send that shit, bro. <laughs> yeah, send it, man. Don't even think. Don't think. Don't think. If you think, <laughs> yeah. you're dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was thinking, man. Hell He's like, yeah. it's too long. No, it's not. It's not. It's perfect. <laughs> exactly. All right, brother. Finish it. Finish it. Finish, Finish it off, baby. Finish it off. All right. So the last scene is Daniel and Amanda LaRusso Auto. 
uh, they're up on like a balcony, you know, at, at the dealership. They're feeling good. Dealership has customers. It seems to be kind of back on the right track. Um, and they're kind of, you know, relieved that they took care of crease, I think is what they said. And Amanda's gloating, man. And she's bragging how, you know, she was able to beat Cobra Kai in one afternoon. And that she was back in 84 that Daniel wouldn't have that many stories to tell. And, um, and here's Daniel. This is such a Daniel thing. And, uh, you know, he's like, uh, I'm glad, I, I'm glad it's over. He said, I, or I can't believe it's over. How could he just be so naive? That's what I put. How, yeah. He could just be so naive to think just and like that, right? To think that just like that, that it's going to be over. Yeah, yeah. Crease is just going to accept it and go. This is a soldier, man. Or you know, he's warm and general, bro. He's a general. He's more than exactly. a soldier, bro. Exactly. So then they get a phone call, and it's Armand, and they're like, "Hey, Armand, you know, put him on speaker." <laughs> you know what I mean? But we but we see we see that Armand got tore up, bro. Yeah, Armand. <laughs> and got my tore thing up. is how the hell did a 65, 68, however old crease is, how the hell did he tear up two dudes like that, man? So, anyways, I'll, I'll get to that. Go ahead, man. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's fine. And um, so then of course Armand gets on the phone and he tells him, LaRusso, the deal is off. I can't get out of the contract. And again, this is one of those unanswered questions. What how does Crease have the resources or, or the power. Yeah, <laughs> for know? sure. Hell yeah. And um, so uh, they're shocked. They're like, what? Well, you can't, you know? And uh, then Kreese gets on the phone. He takes it from Armand and he's like, Danny boy, <laughs> you can't, you can't end a war with diplomacy. And he pretty much, you know, gives him, uh, threatens him in a way, I guess you could say he's like, you, you better prepare your students for battle because now it's open season on them and on you. And of course that's a connection from part one. And then of course people in the dealership start screaming and they turn and look and apparently there's snakes, cobras in the cars on the showroom floor, which again, how did that happen? But doesn't, doesn't make sense, man. Doesn't make sense. How did, how did those things snakes get there so fast? Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense that Armand and his two, you know, WWE nephews, nephews, you know, WWE India nephews, you know what I'm saying? The Bollywood boys, how did they get tore up, man? You know, it's just, they were big. They were huge, dude. They were like, what was my boy? uh, The dude that was six foot, six, six, it was not. The dude that was champion, Jinder Maha. How did, how did those cats, they were stacked, bro. How did Chase tear them up, man? So yeah, dude, I don't, I I don't know. When we get to the rating, that's going to be a reason why. The rating is what it's gonna be, man. But yeah, uh, Daniel's naive, bro. Daniel's he thinks that naive. Is, thinks it's gonna go out like that, and it just made things worse, to be honest. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so now, Crease, like you said, dude, I think Crease is one step ahead of him, man. But yeah, dude, that was that was the end of that of King Cobra. All right, man. Let's go to our categories, man. So let's go ahead and start with your run it back scene, the one scene that you could watch over and over again. Johnny writing Ali back and then he deletes it and put not you. Because again, I just love what he said, man. Dang. That's yeah. that one. That's your scene? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go with um, the one where Miguel finds the novel. You know, just to exchange. <laughs> that whole scene was just, just funny to me. I was laughing, man. 
it's just funny, you know, seeing Miguel being happy. You know, this is huge. Allie, the Allie, you know, schooling him on what he needs to do. Johnny being all, you know, just, just you know, you know, amped up, right? He's like, look, man, she's got, you know, smiley face with red cheeks. Just a great scene. I love that scene, man. Yeah. I can watch that one. It's funny. Like I said, it brings Allie into the mix. So, yeah. What's your quote this or, you know, quote that, your di- favorite dialogue or one line from the from this episode? It's the one where um, where he's writing Allie back, uh, where he says, I can't give up anymore and I have a long way to go to be a better man, father and teacher, but I can make a difference in these kids' lives and that it's a tough world out there and I can help them be ready. And I just, you know, thought of my kids, you know, it's a tough world. And I, that's, you know, as a parent, it's my job. I've got to help them be ready, man. <laughs> you know, I'm with you, bro. That is a badass scene. I love it. Uh, I'm going with you. Uh, two lines before that, I'm going with Miguel. What he said to Johnny, you're a sensei. That's who you are. If you can't see that, you're blind. Love it, man. Love it. And then I love this. I got to add this, man. Thank you. No, thank you. Just great, great dialogue great, right there, yeah. man. Great dialogue. Well acted. So definitely like that, man. All right, bro. CK3, your top three characters from this episode. Ah, uh, Miguel. Gotta pick Miguel, man. Miguel's Just, number one, bro. Miguel's number Miguel's one. Number one. Yeah, I think I think he stole it. Well, Miguel and Johnny stole it. So yeah, go. Yeah, uh, I'm Miguel with you with Johnny. Miguel. Yeah. Miguel and then Johnny. Just again, their their scenes were all great in this episode. And I'm gonna add Hawk just because of, you know his encounter man how he i guess finally stood up and faced his demons i guess you can say yeah. about being bullied to kyler so okay uh, I'll, i'm gonna put those three in there damn you know what bro i didn't even think of hawk i like that um definitely go with miguel and johnny like i said i think they stole it every scene man the chemistry together it's just phenomenal it's great but you know what i, I like the hawk one man but uh i'm, I'm gonna give it to a uh, young crease i like young, young crease, crease. Yeah, dude. I think I, I loved it from the very get-go. Get you know, just, you know, he's just showing his determination. Like you said, he's driven. So, yeah, let mm-hmm. me give it to Young Crease on this one, man. Let me go ahead and put Young Crease because maybe maybe we'll get Hawk in another one, but let me give it to Young Crease. So, yeah, definitely for me, it's Miguel, Johnny, and Young Crease. For Jose, it's Miguel, Johnny, and Hawk. So, definitely, definitely. All right, brother, let's, let's rate this bad boy, man. King Cobra on a scale of zero to five all Valley <sighs> trophies what are you rating this episode this one let's just say you know the two before this one were great yeah so i guess it's kind of difficult to maintain that consistency so this 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 one is going to go a little bit down i'm, I'm gonna go just 3.75 that way that much down bro Tell yeah. us, tell us why. Tell me why. Tell us what. Tell us why. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, it just. I felt like you said a lot of unanswered questions. I guess in okay. regard in regards to Crease and how he's so in control, you know, and so well connected. I guess. So, yeah, just mainly because of that. Okay. Nitpicky. I'm nitpicking. No, no, I, I, I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, and before I, I give my rating, I just want to give a shout out to T Parker Eight, you know, who just rated us on Apple Podcasts and said that we do a great job of breaking down episodes of Cobra Kai. We add insightful analysis and entertaining hidden tidbits, and that we have a great rapport. Hell yeah, we're boys, and that 
that we keep them entertained and that we have a very creative segment of having all Valley trophies. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much, T. Parker 8, wherever you're thank listening you very from. Thank you much. Thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, much thank you. Much appreciated, man. Thank much you. And we also have another one, man. I want to give it up. This podcast stands out from the crowd. Fun listen. So, Omega, thank you so much. But yeah, man. Thank you. Muchas gracias. Muchas gracias. All right. So, scale zero to five all Valley trophies. Man, you went 3.75. I was... Uh, you know what? I, I'm going under five, definitely. This is not a five for sure, but I wasn't going in the threes. Uh, I'm going to go with a 4.25. And here's why. Here's why it's in the fours um, is because of Johnny and Miguel. I think if, if they if they weren't in the episode and, and if their interactions weren't as strong, I don't think it would have it would have reached a four because that's what makes the show. I'm a strong believer in that from season one to season two to season three. It's always Johnny Miguel that makes this show what it is to me. Okay, that's my opinion. Yeah. And so that's why it's a four. But it doesn't hit the five because, again, I'm with you, dude, the nitpicks. How the hell does Crease get those snakes there so quick? How the hell does a 65, 70-year-old man tear up, you know, two dudes who are probably, like, in their 20s and are, like, six five plus? So uh, <laughs> couldn't really buy that. Yeah, so, weigh yeah. him, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, couldn't really buy that. So 4.25 for me. And like I said, the 4.25 is because of Miguel and Johnny, man. There's strong connection. Like I said, if it wouldn't have had them, like like the first episode, right? You know, in the first episode, obviously, Miguel was in a coma, so they couldn't really interact. So that one didn't get, you know, in the fours. But once you have Miguel, once you have Johnny together, you know, William, Zapka, and, and Cholo together, psh, magic, baby. Magic, magic, yeah. magic. All right, brother. So that's it, man. Dang, bro. We got four left, dude. Seven, eight, yeah. nine, and ten already, dude. Oh, man. Thank you so much for joining me, bro, on this journey, man. You're a part oh, of it. There my is pleasure, no, bro. Hey, bro, there is no Cobra Kai podcast without you, man. Just know that. And thank you. Thank you to the listeners who are listening to this podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We truly, truly appreciate it. Jose, you want to say anything before we get out? Uh, just again, to reiterate what you said, just thank you to everyone. Thank you to those um, two grateful comments. We really appreciate it, man. It means so much, you know, <laughs> to hear all this good praise, man. <laughs> so, definitely, definitely, Cobra definitely. Cobra Kai, baby. <laughs> Cobra Kai never dies. So again, keep keep listening to the podcast. Keep sharing the podcast. If you know other people who love the show, the way you love the show, the way we love the show, just let them know that, hey, Cobra Kai Never Dies podcast is a great podcast. So again, if you're listening on Apple, make sure you rate the podcast five stars and review it as well. And if you're listening on Spotify, make sure you press that follow button. And as always, Cobra Kai never, never, never dies. Never, never dies.